The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. At that time, Jesus came to Jericho and intended to pass through the town. Now a man there named Zacchaeus, who was a chief tax collector and also a wealthy man, was seeking to see who Jesus was. But he could not see him because of the crowd, for he was short in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree in order to see Jesus, who was about to pass that way. When he reached the place, Jesus looked up and said, Zacchaeus, come down quickly, for today I must stay at your house. And he came down quickly and received him with joy. When they all saw this, they began to grumble, saying, He has gone to stay at the house of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Behold, half of my possessions, Lord, I shall give to the poor. And if I have extorted anything from anyone, I shall repay it four times over. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a descendant of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save what was lost. The Gospel of the Lord. When I was a boy, I loved this gospel reading because it spoke about tree climbing. But I'm also going to need some help to explain some things. So I'm going to go back here because when I grew up, I heard that the good Catholics sit in the back. And the farther back, the better the Catholic. And I think this young man, way in the back, might just be the best Catholic here. So would you come forward and help me a little bit? Come with me. And you come too. See, Mom didn't expect to get put to work too. And we're going to walk all the way to the front, okay? Unfortunately, I don't have a tree for you to climb right now. Now, come here, Mom. Turn around and face everybody. And you come here, and you stand right behind your mom. Can you see everybody? No, you can't, huh? As simple as this is, pay attention to this. Because our gospel story turns on this element. The Lord is coming. And Zacchaeus wants to see him, but he can't. Because my buddy Zacchaeus isn't all that tall. He's a small man in a big world. And everything seems so much bigger than he is. And if you stay down back here, you're not going to be able to see anything, are you? 
so we should probably do something, right? So take two steps over this way, Mom, and you take two steps as well. Uh-oh, we're still blocked. This is what Zacchaeus was running into. Every time he tried to get someplace where he could see Jesus, Mom was there, standing right in front of him, blocking his vision. Good Catholic that he is, he can't see because there's always someone or something in the way. The only way he's going to get to see you guys, can you run? Go. Good, right there. And I bet mom can't run that fast. I'm not going to ask mom to run. So note what Zacchaeus does. He runs, he has to move. Because if he stays where he is, he'll never see. And so he has to run, and just like my friend had to run and get out ahead of his mom. Don't make a habit of that. So that he would have a chance to rise up. Now, come here, buddy. Can you climb onto this bench? Don't fall. You can see a little better now, can't you? Because you're higher. Note, note how simple and yet how important the story is. He runs out ahead to get to a place where he can rise higher. And when he gets to that higher spot, you're now taller than your mom. That's pretty cool, huh? When he gets to the higher spot, then he has a chance of seeing the Lord. And the beautiful thing, though, is St. Luke doesn't say that he got to see Jesus. He says that when he got to that higher place, Jesus saw him. But note the key. He's small, but he moves. He moves, and he knows the crowd is going to move too. He knows sooner or later mom's going to find her way over here. And so he also has to climb. He has to rise. And in rising, it's not just that he gets to see, he finds himself in a place where he is seen, where he meets the gaze of the Lord who is already looking for him, already looking at him. Come with me, sir. That was a lot of work I put you through. And because you're such a good Catholic, you should get a good Catholic's reward. Okay? You hand this in at our snack bar, and that's an ice cream for you. Thank you. There are several different ways to talk about this movement of Zacchaeus and this climbing. But today, there is one particular way that we must address because of what is going to happen this week. It's why those papers were just passed out to all of you. This coming Tuesday, November 1st, is All Saints Day. The next day is All Souls Day, November 2nd. The first eight days of November are days that the church graces with extra blessings when we pray for our loved ones who passed away. And we have to talk about that because all too many of us are unaware of the value, the power of this, but also of what is available. 
Life comes to an end, and November is that month where we, as the people of God, pause and recognize that. We recognize that that's true for us, but our own experience tells us it's true in our families. It's true in our neighborhoods. It's true in our world. And unlike the world around us, which treats death as an end and the experience of death as merely loss, our faith says something different. Our faith says Jesus Christ died for us, including our departed loved ones, and that he came to seek out and to save those who are lost, and that when we die, we appear before him, who is not merely a judge looking to condemn. Rather, he is the merciful one who gave his life for us. And his great desire is that we spend eternity with him. That having been said, that having been said, we pray for our dead. We don't simply assume that everyone's a saint because that's simply not true. Now, if I ask for a show of hands, how many saints are sitting here? It probably would be fewer hands than if I said, how many sinners are here? It's not confession, so keep your hands down, but I think we all know the answer to that. So let's talk about this. The simple fact of the matter is, while Jesus Christ has saved us, at the price of his own blood, we still have to respond to that salvation. We still have to cooperate with it. And what that means is he calls us to turn from sin, to lay aside wickedness, and to embrace the gospel. And if we're honest about ourselves, sometimes we do that and sometimes we don't. And depending on the day or the individual, it might be every now and then I do that, and lots of times I don't. And what happens is as much as we desire the Lord, as much as we want to gaze upon his face in glory, we find that there's so much in our lives that seems bigger than we are. And goodness and faith and prayer and faithfulness get crowded out by so many other things. I've been disappointed by so much. I've been let down by so many. I am worried about so much. I'm so wounded. I've made so many mistakes, I just don't know how I can go forward. Living is hard, and it's hard enough to hold down a job and put food on the table and raise the kids. And I just don't know that I have time or patience for anybody. We know what that is. But note what we're saying. This very common experience, we're like Zacchaeus. We want to see the Lord, but so much blocks our vision. So much. And it crowds in around us that makes it so hard. It's not that Zacchaeus is a bad guy. It's not that our family members, our loved ones, are bad people. But it's amazing how life can crowd out so much 
even when we're trying to live it. And so what happens is we never get out ahead. And we never get to that sycamore tree that can lift us up where we can see and be seen by him and meet him and know him. We express it in all kinds of ways. I know I need to take my faith more seriously, and someday I will. And we all know about someday, don't we? It has a strange tendency of never coming. St. Augustine himself even prayed that way. He turned to the Lord and said, convert me and make me yours, but do it tomorrow because I'm just not ready now. <laughs> and over time, if we live that way, we end up with so much that wasn't quite done the way it should be. And then we say, if heaven's for the saints, what about me? What about me if I'm not that holy, not that good? In his mercy, the Lord doesn't say, then I'm sorry about your luck. The Lord says, rather, even as you pass, there can be a purification for you, a lifting of you that allows you to enter the kingdom. This is why we pray for our dead. This is why we pray for our dead. That's what the doctrine of purgatory is. It's a doctrine of the mercy of God. For those of us who never quite get free of our attachment for sin, for those of us who never quite make it work, in part because maybe we don't try as hard as we should, for those of us who keep putting off what is good and right and best, assuming tomorrow will come, only to find out that tomorrow came sooner than we were ready for. And so there's that moment, that moment where even after death, a purification and a healing is possible. That's what these next eight days are for. Think of it this way. And I'm going to come to my young friend here. Okay? There's going to be a simple question, okay? Did you ever have to say you were sorry to somebody? Yeah? And suppose I took something of yours, okay? Suppose I took your favorite toy and I broke it. Would you be happy? No. (laughs) And if I said I'm sorry, would that be a good thing? But if I said I'm sorry and I fixed your toy, would that be a better thing? Okay. You have to understand this. Our sins are forgiven by Jesus, but what we break by sinning stays broken. Sin has a consequence. If I hurt you, I can apologize, but I've broken trust with you. If I've taken what is yours and I apologize, that's wonderful, but I still haven't given it back. See the difference? So part of the issue of being forgiven and moving forward is repairing the damage. If I just say I'm sorry and walk away, you still have a broken toy, and that's not good, right? It still needs to get fixed. 
One of the basic obligations of Christian life is not simply saying, I'm sorry, Lord have mercy, but then doing something to repair the wrong I have left behind me in the world. And if you've been alive more than 10 minutes, you've already got a history. That's what penance is. And we're called to do that while we live. And so when we die, we come before the Lord who forgives us. But if we've left that unresolved damage behind us, if we've died in a way where we're still attached in some way to the wrong we've carried with us through life, something has to be done about that. That's what purgatory is for. And so purgatory is that stage after death where souls who are going to go to heaven are made ready. But that's a more difficult process than simply taking care of it while we have the chance here. That's why using our time well in life is so important. But the beautiful thing is we can help our loved ones along. And so I'm going to come back to you again and ask you another question. It's a really silly one. Come with me. Are you taller than all these people? No. Have you ever been a ladder? No, you haven't ever been a ladder? No one's ever climbed up on you? Could that big guy climb up and stand on your shoulders? You're saying no. But there is a way he can. Go back to your place. You see, that sycamore tree in the story, that sycamore tree, that movement in the story, our loved ones, many of them never got out ahead of the crowd and never got to that point where they can be lifted. But when we pray for them, especially over these days, we lend, in a sense, a certain swiftness to them. We allow them to get out ahead of those unresolved things that they carried with them. And as they do so, our prayers can lift them up into the arms of the cross where Jesus can see them and receive them. What a marvelous gift that is. And so when you pray for other people, even though you might not be as big as they are, you become like a ladder that lifts them up and makes them higher. That's a pretty cool thing, isn't it? That you become like that tree and our loved ones can climb up on the strength and the grace of our prayers. That's what the information on these cards is for. On the first eight days of November, so beginning this Tuesday and for eight consecutive days, simply by visiting a cemetery, and many of you do that, don't you? Visit a cemetery. Any cemetery. And while you're there, pause and simply pray for the dead. In general, it doesn't have to be a cemetery where your loved ones are buried. Many of you have family buried in Italy or Ecuador or Ireland or some other state. It doesn't matter. Any cemetery. When you go to a cemetery over these eight days and pray for the dead, and I've included in English and in Latin, whichever language you prefer, a simple prayer that can be used you have the opportunity each of those eight days 
of gaining a gift that's called a plenary indulgence for your loved one. And that's this. I just mentioned that weight of unresolved baggage that we all carry with us. Fortunately, Our Lady, the saints, our Lord himself, their sufferings, their penance, their generosity went beyond, in Our Lady and Our Lord's case, they never did any wrong. And so it's extra. Out of those treasuries from time to time, the church makes a gift, and it's called an indulgence. And an indulgence erases some of that weight of debt that we carry. That's a really big gift because it means it helps to set our loved ones free. It helps to purify them, speed them along their way, and get them before the face of the Lord that they so long to see. A plenary indulgence takes it all away. Every bit of unfinished damage, every bit of lingering guilt or attachment to sin, a plenary indulgence takes it all away. In other words, it sets a soul free into heaven as soon as it is given. That is not a small gift. And you can get that for somebody you love. You can do it eight times in the first eight days of November. Once a day. The conditions for gaining the indulgences, Holy Communion, okay? For every indulgence you gain, you have to receive Holy Communion. Confession. One confession will cover all eight days, okay? Prayers for the intentions of the Pope, a simple Our Father and Hail Mary are good for that. But note how wonderful that is. Without doing much, over these days, the little that we do has tremendous, tremendous weight. For those of you who maybe can't necessarily get to a cemetery, simply going to church on All Souls Day, it doesn't even have to be for Mass. Any church or chapel that's open will do. And if you go to church on All Souls Day, Simply sit quietly, think of your loved one, pray in Our Father and the Apostles' Creed, you gain the same gift on that day. Note how easy the church makes it. And yet note how important that is. Because we believe very strongly our prayers today can help our loved ones regardless of how long ago they passed away. And think about that for a moment. That distant relative whose name you heard but you know nothing about, who died decades ago, whose life was checkered and we're not really sure. And imagine that instead of standing alone before the judgment seat of Christ, your prayers are there too, standing with him. And think about how great a gift that is. Think about how wonderful it would be for someone to give that gift to you when it's your time, that even at that ultimate moment, we don't stand alone, but the love and the prayers of our family and our friends are with us. This is a big part of what it means to call ourselves the body of Christ. Note how marvelous that is. And that's why every year here at the shrine, we take these nine days after November 2nd to pray a full novena for the repose of our departed loved ones. Because over these days, our prayers have weight. 
over these days our prayers have value and that's vitally important because in the end we're all small like Zacchaeus we all need to find that tree that can lift us we all need to find some help to speed us along and to get out ahead but even as we're doing that how wonderful it is that we can help somebody else along and the beautiful thing is it's never too late never too late for any of us as long as someone is willing to stand with us in our prayer. Amen.